Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. How many of you know we serve a good God this morning, that we can stand on the rock of our salvation, that when we're standing firm on that rock, there's thing that can shake us, but that will stand on the Word of God. Amen? Amen and amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Do you appreciate your worship team, everyone? Man, there is nothing like worshiping the Lord with a, with a worship team like this that loves Jesus and just is committed to His call. Everyone, you may be seated this morning. Uh, thank you so much for being here, everyone. I'm excited to be able to preach the word of the Lord this morning. And uh, Pastor Perry, thank you so much for the opportunity of being able to preach this morning. I don't take this lightly. And anytime you ever give me the opportunity to preach, it's a, it's a true honor and a joy to be able to preach, especially at my home church at right here in Elk Grove, California, at Harvest Church. So amen. A couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, one thing about the resurrection and this whole season that we find ourselves in Easter season is that it really allows us to look at our own lives and to really want to grow more and to grow deeper in the things of God. Isn't that true? And so whenever Easter time comes around, a lot of new people come. A lot of people come that are your friends, your family, neighbors, your coworkers, because they want to just know more about the Lord and how to grow deeper into the Lord so that we can stand strong whenever life throws anything our way. And back in 2011, there was this huge earthquake, this massive earthquake. It was actually a 9.2 on a Richter scale. It hit right off the coast in Japan. And this earthquake was so large, and you're going to see some pictures here come up right on the screen, but this earthquake was hit so hard that there was a massive tsunami that hit. And as the waves began to get closer and closer to land, the waves began to get taller and taller and taller, and it destroyed everything that it came in contact with. In fact, it devastated and destroyed over 217 uh, square miles. It, it killed 19,000 people. 400,000 were left homeless. And there were 170,000 trees that were destroyed. This thing destroyed everything. Out of all the 117, uh, out of the 170,000 trees that were destroyed, there was but one that remained. And I want to show it to you this morning. It's called the Miracle Pine. The miracle pine. That's the only thing that withstood in the devastation that took place. The tsunami was powerful, destroyed everything in its way except for that pine, and it stood in the middle of all the devastation. And that tree remained standing because its roots were rooted so deep that it had enough strength to withstand everything that came its way. And the goal of this sermon today is that we would find ourselves rooted in Christ so we can go deeper and deeper and deeper to get stronger and stronger and stronger so that we can withstand anything that this world has to bring our way. Our roots have to grow deep. No matter what pandemic, no matter what circumstances, our roots have to stay rooted in the Word of God. And I don't know where your faith might be today. I don't know if Easter was your first Easter service you ever attended. I don't know if today's your first day ever attending. I don't know if you've been a Christian your entire life. But one thing I do know is true is that our roots can continue to grow deeper. Come on, somebody say amen. The title of the message today is Rooted in Christ. 
And we're going to take a look at the book of Colossians. And so if you have your, your Bibles or you have your smartphones, whatever you might be opening today, we're going to have scriptures on the screen as well. But if you have those, you can begin to open them up now because we're primarily going to stay in the book of Colossians. I'm going to pre preach an expository sermon. We'll go to other passages just for some supporting verses, but we're pretty much going to stay in the book of Colossians. Let's pray. God, we love you and we give you great praise. God, I have planned, I've prayed, and I have prepared, but now we ask that you would add the power that comes with the preaching and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place today and at home. God, no matter where we are, whether we're watching at home or whether we're here in, in person, may we feel your wonderful presence. May you speak to our hearts that we would be changed from the inside out. And everybody said aloud, amen. 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 All right, open them up to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says this. And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And if we will allow our roots to grow deep in the Lord, it will change everything about our life. Changes from being complainers to people that are thankful in the Lord. And let me give you a little bit of background on the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. And the, the Apostle Paul, uh, he was preaching in Ephesus, which is this coastal city in western Turkey, modern western Turkey. So he was preaching there, and this city was a lot like like San Francisco or kind of like, uh, it was a, it's a, it's a coastal city like San Francisco, New York, or maybe even Miami, something like that. And how many of you like to go swimming right now in Miami, in the beaches of Miami? That would be fun. Now, there was this other town named Colossae. And Colossae is mentioned in your Bible in the book of Colossians. And there in this town, named this, there, this person lived there, his name was Epaphras. And one day Epaphras walks from Colossae in towards this other city, uh, it, um, uh, Ephesus, and he goes there and he hears the Apostle Paul preaching the gospel. Man, wouldn't that have been an amazing sight to hear the Apostle Paul preaching the gospel? Well, Epaphras hears the Apostle Paul preaching and he gives his life to the Lord and he gets so radically saved that he goes back to his hometown of Colossae. He begins to live for Jesus. His faith begins to increase so much so that he opens up this church in Colossae. And the Apostle Paul hears about all the great things that are happening in this church of Colossae. And he hears about how their faith is growing, how the roots are growing deeper, how their faith has continued to grow, how they're thriving as a church. But then he also hears how there's false teachings that are starting to spill into the church. And so he writes this letter to the book of, uh, in the book of Colossians to this church so that their roots would grow deeper and so that their faith would increase and so they would not fall to the false teachings deception that is happening there. You know that there is a lot of false teaching in our world, and there's a lot of deception happening in our world today. I think a lot of people get their cues today from social media and the news instead of reading their Bibles and getting it from the Word of God, the Bible, because we we, I, I, want, I want you to know that we have to have our roots remaining and growing in Christ if we want to be able to withstand everything that might come our way in life. That's the only way we're going to get strong. And that's why I want to talk to you about this subject today of how to grow our roots deeper in Christ. I want to give you three outcomes of the rooted life today from the book of Colossians chapter 1. The first one is this. Rooted people see life through eyes of faith. Rooted people see life through the eyes of faith. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 says this. 
We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all types of people. And the Apostle Paul's excited because he hears about their great faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder if Paul were to write a letter to the church of Elk Grove, California, named Harvest Church. I wonder if he would write... I've heard about your great faith and how you have a heart of worship. Woo! How many of you know this church is known for its worship? You guys are good at the worship thing. As soon as they start playing the first note, boom, we, we just enter right into worship because this is a worshiping church. I wonder if he would write down, I've heard about your great faith and your heart of generosity. Because this church is known for its generosity. Whenever there's a missionary that needs to be supported, whenever there's more needs that come, whenever we hear about a need for another church, Harvest Church always rises up to the occasion because you have a generous heart. I wonder if he was writing to the church of Elk Grove named Harvest Church, if he would write down, I've heard about your great faith, or I've heard about your cool lead pastor, because he has a Harley Davidson as he travels around town. Come on, how many of you know you got a cool lead pastor when he has a Harley Davidson? You're cool, pastor. Pastor, everyone just wants you to know you're cool. You're just a cool cat. I wonder if he would have written, I've heard about your great faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And how you have eyes of faith. You see, faith is a lot easier to understand and we may realize. Faith in God means that we can trust that what he tells us is absolutely true. But here's the question. Do we actually believe that everything God says is absolutely true? Do we have enough faith to actually believe that everything he says is true? Because all of us have a measure of faith in something it may not just be in Christ. Let me prove it for you like this. When you woke up today, if you're watching at home, you woke up today, you walked out to your living room or the kitchen, wherever you are right now, and you sat down. Or when you walked into this church auditorium, you walked in, the usher greeted you, and they, they walked you over to your chair. It wasn't like any of us did this. None of us went, oh, hello, yeah, oh, you want... Wait, you want me to sit here? It wasn't like any of us get, gave it a second thought, right? We didn't walk in and say, oh, this is the chair you want me to sit in? Well, let me see. What kind of brand is this? What? Okay, okay, that's a good brand. That's a reputable brand. Okay, over 500-pound limit. Okay, all right, all right. Well, let's give this thing a try. Uh, uh, oh, 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 it actually worked. It helped me. It holds me. None of us did that this morning. None of us gave it a second thought. Why? Because we had trust, we had enough faith that this chair was strong enough to hold us. But why don't we put that same type of faith into our relationship with Christ and the things that he says that we do into this chair? So when God says, I love you, and we, th we think, there's no way God can love me. I mean, if you only knew all the things that I think in my own life and, and the way that, no, no, no. We, don't, we need to take what he says as truth. And so when God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, we say, well, I, I know that's in Scripture, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, this person left me, that person left me. I just, I don't know. Or when God says, I want to help you in that situation in your life, we say, well, I mean, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. I mean, he's busy. He, I mean, surely God's going to help other people. 
But can I just encourage you today, if we will put the same type of faith in our, in our relationship with Jesus Christ that we do into this chair, then our roots will grow deeper and deeper and deeper so we can get stronger and stronger and stronger so that we can begin to withstand everything that comes our way so that we'll begin to have eyes of faith. Our theme this year is Philippians 4.13. I know it's a little dark in here, but let me ask you to read that verse with me. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens who? Me. Do we actually put the same faith that we put in this chair, do we put that into that verse? Because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so when, the Bible, so when God says you're going to be a godly spouse this year, do we believe it? When God says we're, you're going to be a, a godly coworker, a godly boss, a godly friend this year, do we actually believe it? Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or how about this verse, Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. But do we actually believe it? And so when we ask the Lord and we say, I need joy, do you know that the Lord will actually provide joy? When we say we need resources, do you know that the Lord will actually provide resources? When we need peace, the Lord will actually provide peace. Why? Because he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Well, Pastor Gary... That's good preaching, but I don't know about that. I mean, will, will God really do all those things for me? I mean, I mean, when I read the Bible, yes, I believe it here, but I just don't know that I, I believe it here. Yes, I have a measure of faith, but, but I also have some unbelief. God, so what do we do in those situations? Well, I want to read this story to you. It's found in Mark chapter 9 and verse 21. Whenever we find ourselves lacking faith or having a, a measure of faith but then lacking full belief, what should we do? It's this. Found in Mark chapter 9. Jesus said to the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything. <laughs> I love that part. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can. I, I, just, I just picture Jesus kind of smirking. If I can. Come on. Have you heard about the things I do, the miracles I've done? Have you heard about the blind people that I've met, the lame walking? Have you heard about the things I've done? He says, if I can, Jesus says, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Have you ever found yourself in that place? Have you ever said to yourself, I, I know what God's word says but, but I have a, a measure of unbelief. I just, I just don't know what to do about this. Then it goes on to say, when Jesus saw the crowd running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. All of us have found ourselves in a place that this father found himself where we're believing for something, we have a measure of faith in it. We do believe that God can do it, but we also have some unbelief there as well. And when we find ourselves struggling with believing, let me encourage you to pray this type of prayer that the Father prayed. He said, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Because if we do that, listen, listen, listen now, this is so important. If we do that, we'll begin to have eyes of faith because the Lord will actually begin to do stuff on our, on our behalf. Well, and I want you to know this. God is not going to be disappointed in you if you pray that type of prayer. 
Pastor Gary, you mean the Lord, we, we, can tell, we can tell the Lord everything that's going on in our life and what we need. And all. Yes, you can absolutely tell the Lord. Pastor talked about prayer just for last week. We can tell God all that we're going through. We can tell him all of our emotions. He's not taken back by that. You mean, Pastor Gary, I can tell him what I'm thinking and how I feel about that situation? Yes, you can tell God about all of that stuff. And remember what Jesus did in this story. What did Jesus do when this man prayed this type of prayer? He prayed, and then the Bible says that God healed the demon-possessed boy, that he cast him out and said, never return back, because he said, I want to increase your faith by having a miracle happen in your life so you'll begin to have eyes of faith and so that your roots will grow deeper. And if we're struggling today, allow your roots to grow deeper in Christ so that he can perform a miracle in your life and so that our faith will increase in the name of Jesus. This is so important today because rooted people have eyes of faith. The second outcome of the rooted life today is that rooted people have a heart of love. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 4. Because we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all people. You see, rooted people are loving people. Rooted people are loving people, but people with shallow roots are hateful and despiteful. And quite frankly, they're just mean. But friends... Being rooted in Christ is not measured by what we know, but it's measured by who we love. Paul isn't saying here, I've heard about your great faith and how you memorize all the different books of the Bible and how you can name them from Genesis all the way to Revelation. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, I heard about your great faith and how you order the, the new T.D. Jakes books on Amazon, how you do all of the different Bible studies from Beth Moore, how you know all. No, no, he didn't say that. He didn't say, I heard about your great faith and how you know all the Greek and the Hebrew and how you could dissect the Bible. You know all the different mysteries in the Bible, all the things that are complex for people to understand, how you know all of those things. No, he didn't say that. All these things are great things, but one of the greatest evidences for us to know if we're deeply rooted in Christ, catch this, is if we have love for all kinds of people. And Harvest Church, I want you to know that your love root is deep. In fact, if you look around you right now, you're going to see different people groups. You're going to see different nationalities and different, uh, different cultures. Why? Because you have allowed Harvest Church to be a safe haven for people to come from all different walks of life. To be a safe haven in this place. Why? Because you love every type of person. Come on, someone ought to give yourselves a hand, Harvest Church. If you're at home right now, come on, give yourselves a hand today. Your love root is down deep. Unfortunately, all of us have had bad experience with people with shallow roots and shallow love. They think that maturity is all about how much you know, how much you do, and how many spiritual giftings that they can operate. Now turn to your neighbor right now and say, he's not talking about you. He's talking about someone who's overslept today, all right? He's talking, talking to someone. They, they needed this message. They should have been here. It's, this message is for them. But let's turn to 1 first, first John chapter 4 and verse 7 because remember, it's all about love. He says, dear friends, and this is Daniel speaking. He says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who, lo who loves has been born of God and knows God. So how can we know if we actually know God? By our love, by our love for all kinds of people. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 38, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
The most important commands in the Bible deal with loving. They don't deal with knowing and they don't deal with doing. They deal with loving. But to be honest with you, sometimes our paths will cross with people that are just a little tough to love. Sometimes God will call us to love people that we don't exactly like hanging around. For instance, for me, I love hanging around people that are really easygoing, that aren't really complainers. For whatever reason, I think my, my button or my pet peeve is complaining. I just don't do really well with complaining. That's my thing. Your thing might be something, that, but my thing is complaining. And so there will be times where people just put puts people like that in my life. And I'll see them at the grocery store or see them somewhere else. I'll say, hey, how's it going? And they'll say, well, man, I'm busy. Man, I'm just super busy. I'm bu busy, busy. And, and man, I took my kids busy. And, you know, all they ever talk about is how busy they are, as if they don't realize that the 7.5 billion people on this planet are also busy. We're all busy. In fact, I remember asking Fred Fernandez. I saw him here earlier. I said, hey, Fred. You're retired now, so are you able to do all those different things that you want? Do you have a lot of time left? And he said, man, actually, Pastor Gary, I have more things to do nowadays. Like, even in retirement, you fill up your time. We're all busy, and we all have these types of relationships in our life. For some of you, it might be your spouse. Keep looking straight, everybody. Don't turn. Hey, keep, hey don't, don't break eye contact with me right now, okay? Don't, don't do one of these. Don't, don't do that. I'm trying to save your marriage right now. Don't do that. For some of you, it might be your children. Like when they leave the house and they leave the light on and they're not going to be back for the next five hours. And, or how about this one? And I'm going to ask you to, to preach back at me on this one. How about when, when, you, when your kids come home and they say, hey, Dad, I'm hungry. Or, hey, Mom, I'm hungry, but there's not any. There's no food. I just went to Costco today. I had to take the roof off of the house to, so a crane could bring in all of those family-sized, you know, fruit roll-ups and a family-sized Captain Crunch. And I just filled up the hall. We can't even park in a garage because we have so much food in this. What are you talking about? Man, that one frustrates me so much. All right, keep on preaching. Keep on preaching. For some of you, it might be your parents. Like when... Your parents wake you up early to go mow the lawn and to do the dishes and to do the laundry. And then they have you go and comb the dog right before you go to sleep at night. And you feel like, well, my parents just had me because they didn't want to have to do chores around the house by themselves. And come on, where are my young people at? I didn't forget about you. I didn't forget about you. And I'm not even talking about how to love our enemies. I'm just talking about how to love the people with our last name. And it's hard to love even right there. We're called to love people, not cancel people. We live in a culture today where if I've been wronged, well, then I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to unfriend you. I'm going to block you. But aren't you glad that any time we've ever wronged the Lord, that he didn't cancel us, he didn't unfriend us, and he didn't block your prayers? In fact, the only thing that God ever blocked, God, the only thing that God ever canceled in your life was your debt to sin, your debt to iniquity, your debt to, to hurt and pain, and he replaced it with joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, self-control, and love. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. I wish somebody would help me out in here and give him some great praise. When our roots are growing deep in Christ, we can be wronged and yet still love one another. Mm -hmm. 
When our roots are deep in Christ, we can meet someone from a different political party and still love one another. Ouch. I heard some people right there. Don't, don't throw me out of the church, y'all. We can have different opinions on wearing masks and still love one another. Because being rooted in Christ is not measured by how much you know or how much you do, but how much you love. Pastor Gary, are you saying that if I pray all day and I read my Bible all day and I, whenever I pray for people, man, miracles happen right now and I know all the different mysteries of God, are you saying that if I do all of those things but I choose not to love or when I go to the grocery store and there's 10 people in front of me and I'm just like, three's a crowd, three's a crowd. Remember that when Rayleigh's used to say three's a crowd back in the day? Rayleigh's, but for, if you're over a certain, if you're younger than a certain age, Rayleigh's was this place that was a grocery store, three's a crowd, they coined that. So if there were three people in line or more, then they would open up another aisle. That was like their promise to anybody that went to the grocery store. But grocery stores have forgotten about that, all right? So, so you know, like, so when you get upset at people, or you get angry at people, Pastor Gary, are you saying that, that, that really I don't gain anything if I do all those other things but then choose not to love? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that exact same. Pastor Gary, that's heresy. You're not, you're in church. Tell the truth. Show us in the Bible. Okay, I'll show you in the Bible. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2 through 3, it says, If I have the gift of prophecy, in other words, if I have the gift of prophecy and I prophesy over things and they actually come true, that's the type of person we're talking about here. And if I understand all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge. So think about that Bible scholar. Think about the T.D. Jakes's. Think about Pastor Perry. Think about all the different people in your life that you're like, man, that guy knows the word of God. That guy knows. He knows all these different things. So it's talking about that type of person. And then he goes on to say, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains. In other words, when I pray, woo, man, God, he does everything I ever prayed for. You need $100, poof, I prayed and it just showed up. Like, like talking about that person, like with crazy, crazy faith. But then it says, but don't love others. I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I did not love others, I would have gained nothing. Why? Because it doesn't matter how much you know, doesn't matter how much you do. What matters is how much you love. The third outcome of the rooted life is that rooted people have an attitude of hope. Say that word out loud with me. Ready? Hope. Ready? One, two, three. Rooted people have an attitude of hope. Colossians chapter one, verse five, he says, the faith and love that springs up from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. It's amazing to me how the type, what type of persecution Paul went through, and yet we still get letters like this where he's writing about hope. Even in the middle of when he's been imprisoned, even when he's been flogged, even when he's been hurt, even when he's in pain, he still holds on to his hope. And if we will hold on to our hope, we can recover from just about anything that we've ever gone through in our life. But if we lose our hope and we don't gain it back, it's impossible for hope to give us everything that we need. But hope is a belief that things are going to get better. But hope is a belief that my circumstances are going to get better, that my future is going to get better, that my life is going to get better. 
And when we're going through a tough situation in life, it's hope that takes me from the victim mentality to the survival mindset. It's hope that says, well, I might be just be surviving right now, but soon and really soon, I'm going to be thriving in my life. It's the mentality that says, I might be a victim right now, but in a moment from now or tomorrow, I'm going to be a victor in the Lord. It's hope that knows that what you feel about today and what you know about tomorrow will affect the way that you feel today. And so if tomorrow you think things are going to get worse and you think nothing's ever going to change, then guess how you're going to feel today? You're going to feel terrible about today. But if tomorrow's a new day and you think tomorrow's going to be a new outcome and you think tomorrow's going to be a better circumstance for your life, guess what's going to happen today? Things are going to feel better today. Your circumstance may not change today, but what you think about tomorrow will impact the way that you feel about today. With God, it's never too late, and there's always time on the clock when we're walking with the Lord. With God, all things are possible for those who believe, even when we're all out of moves. I really enjoy playing uh, this game on my iPhone. And it's kind of a kid game, but it's kind of like chess, right? There's a lot of different strategies involved. And you, you put together an army of eight people. And you play against someone else on the internet who they put their army of eight people together. And every single one of these pieces does different things and has different strengths. And so it's just like chess, like when you have a pawn or a rook or the queen, they all do different things. And you don't know, the, the, my opponent's not going to know what pieces I have until I move them. So they're all concealed, they're all hidden from each other. Until you move one of them, then that specific person is revealed to the other person so they know, oh, okay, that's the person they have, so he's able to do this, and he has this type of strength. If you're wondering what game it is, it's, it's Clash Royale, okay? I love playing Clash Royale. So I have this game. So we, go, we start to play. And just when, just when I'm playing and my opponent thinks that I'm about to lose or he's about to defeat me or like he has me exactly where he wants me, this game also has the option to be able to send emojis. And so if I'm losing, it's funny because my opponent will send these emojis, these like crybaby emojis like, <laughs> you're about to lose. Or, or that laughing emoji like, <laughs> I got you right where I want you emoji, you know. But here's one thing. One thing that my opponent fails to realize is that I have one more move. And so when I play that last guy, because here's the thing. Normally when I play this game, I usually only play with seven guys because of my competitive nature. I like to see if I could beat you with just playing seven guys and not even playing my strongest guy. But if it does look like I'm about to lose, and guess what? Oh, I'm going to bring my strongest guy out when, it, when I'm in that type of situation. And what he fails to realize is that I have one more move. So I play this guy, and it totally changes the outcome of the game towards my victory. And that's exactly like it is with Satan. Satan might think he has you where he wants you. He might think he's about to win. He might think he's about to defeat you. But, and he might even be laughing in your face, but what he fails to realize is that with God, you have one more move. With God, you have one more move. Satan might be saying, oh, it's too late for your marriage. But in a moment from now, I'm going to ask you guys to stand to your feet and begin to worship God like you know you have one more move. Satan might be saying to you, there's no way God's going to provide that new job for you. There's no way God's going to be able to provide for you. But in a moment, oh, I want you to stand up to your feet and begin to worship like you know God has one more move. 
You might be at home this morning and you might be thinking there's no way that God's going to be able to heal me. You might be here in person. You might think there's no way God can be, Satan might be saying that to you. But let me just tell you in a moment, I want you to stand to your feet and begin to worship God like you know he has one more move. Now, friends, do me a favor. Look at that, that miracle pine. You may not be a miracle pine today, but you're a miracle person. I'm looking at people who, no matter what devastation is going on in your life, you're going to be able to withstand. You're going to be able to make it. You're going to be able to provide for your family. You're going to be able to believe for your relationship. You're going to be able to believe. Why? Because with God, there's always one more move. Come on, if you're able, stand to your feet and worship God like you know there's one more move today. Come on, give him praise. today. God, nothing is impossible with you. God, you give according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Not our riches, because those fall, but Lord, your riches. You bring healing. 
You bring a restored heart. You bring mended relationships. You bring peace even through the middle of this storm. We may not be that miracle pine, but we're a miracle person being able to make it through all of this life's devastations. We're going to be the ones that stand in the middle of that tsunami, in the middle of that storm because of your strength, because our roots are rooted so deep in you that there's nothing that can take us down. So God, we love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Give the Lord great praise this morning. Now, if you're at home or in person and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe the reason why you haven't been able to have eyes of faith or a heart of love or, or, or an attitude of hope is because you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. Let me be, tell you that if you like the today, your problems aren't all okay, but let me tell you something. Your roots are going to grow down deep, so you'll be able to make it through every single thing that this life throws your way. And so this morning, I want to give you the opportunity of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. It's the one thing that changed me from the inside out. I, th I thought I had it all. I thought I had the relationships. I thought I had all the materialistic things. But you want to know what happened at the end of the day? Those things left me empty. And so if you're feeling, if you're in this place today and you also feel empty, I want you to know that God could fill up that tank right now in just one prayer. And so if that's you today, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe if you've walked with him before, you walked away, you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Let me encourage you to pray this prayer. And Harvest Church, I want to ask all of you to also pray this prayer with me. Would you bow your heads with me and pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you made a way for me to come to know you. Come on, pray that out loud, real loud now. I thank you that you made a way for me to come and know you. I thank you that you came into this world to take away my pain, not to take away my fun. Because being in you is fun. So right now, Lord Jesus, would you forgive me of all my wrongdoings? For right now, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So right now, I invite you to come into my heart. I accept you, and I believe on you, and I accept you into my life. For it's in Jesus' name that I give you thanks. And everybody said aloud, amen. Amen. Now let me tell you what just happened. In the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 10, the Bible says that even when just one person comes to know Jesus, that all of heaven erupts in praise. And so if, you, if you're here today or at home today, you gave your heart to Jesus, I want you to know how much we appreciate you coming today and being obedient to the Word of God, but also we want an opportunity to show you how much we want to praise the Lord for that decision that you made. So Harvest Church, give the Lord great praise for that decision. If that is you, I want to invite you to not only come today or to join online today, but to continue to come over and over and over. If you look around, this is your new church family. You went to a church today that is a very open, welcoming, family atmosphere type of a church. If you, can, if you wanted to, you're going to be able to walk in, anybody say hi to you then you came to the wrong church. But if you wanted to find a church that would be loving towards you and accept you and really want you to be a part of their family, then you came to the right church. So we need you to continue to come week after week after week. And here's why. Because we need your roots to grow deeper and deeper and deeper so you can grow stronger and stronger and stronger so you'll be able to make it through any one of life's devastations today. Harvest Church, you have been absolutely amazing to preach to today. Before you leave, I just want to pray a prayer of benediction over you. It's found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. And it says this. It says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And that is my prayer for every single one of you today is that the Lord would grant you peace. God bless you, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.